the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, May the 19th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on May 19th, 1967, the Soviet Union ratified a treaty with the United States and Britain banning nuclear and other weapons from outer space, as well as celestial bodies such as the moon. That treaty went into force on October 1967. At that time, it meant something. It means much more now as Russia, China, the United States, and private enterprises are racing each other to put their flags, put themselves, not only on the moon, but Mars and elsewhere. Today in 1536, Anne Boleyn, second wife of England's King Henry VIII, she was beheaded. She had been convicted of adultery. Today in 1943, in his second wartime address to the United States Congress, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, he pledged his country's full support in the fight against Japan. That evening, Churchill met with President Franklin D. Roosevelt at the White House. The two leaders agreed on May 1, 1944, that would be the date for D-Day, the invasion of France. The operation ended up being launched more than a month later. Today, in 1993, the Clinton White House abruptly fired the entire staff of his travel office. They wanted to do it quietly, but it became a leading news story. Now it would probably be covered up by the same news sources. They wanted to run all their White House travel through a company that they basically got the profits, got the kickbacks from. Isn't that just like the Clintons? It's Bill and Hillary in their finest moment. Today, in 1994, the former First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, she died in New York. She was 64 years old. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama, he came out publicly as President of the United States. He endorsed the Palestinians' demand that their eventual state be based on borders that existed before the 1967 Middle East War, a position that put him sharply at odds with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It also put him sharply at odds with God, God himself. The Bible says in a number of places, but in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, I will bless those, he says of Israel, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people of the earth will be blessed through you. That's a pretty powerful statement. I think I'm going to stay with that statement rather than Barack Obama, who's now his shadow is in the, in the White House. I believe that Joe Biden believes exactly what Barack Obama believed. They all believe that. They believe that Israel is inconsequential for the most part, 
and a real problem for the greater part. It's interesting. It's interesting. Joe Biden made one of his rare outside the office visits this week. Yesterday morning, he was in Michigan. U.S. Representative Rashid Tlaib, Democrat from Detroit, a Muslim, she confronted Joe Biden on the tarmac at the airport in front of other people over the matter of he wasn't supportive enough of the Palestinians. And from what I've read of people that heard the conversation, it was pretty direct. She all but ordered him to take action against Israel. So you wonder, what was he thinking? Well, right after that meeting, he called it, it was a confrontation, he praised her after she'd confronted him on Israel, on the tarmac, (laughs) by their airplanes as they were flying around doing the country's business. It's interesting how this whole thing is shaping up. I read an article this morning about the war. It's escalating. Joe Biden this morning, apparently, as President Biden is telling Israel to back off a little bit, to begin to wind it down because we don't want any more of this. It's politically becoming uncomfortable, politically, for Joe Biden and others on the left. They have no real commitment to Israel. And it's beginning, not only the fighting is escalating, but the political aspect of it is escalating. So we'll see where this goes. But I will tell you that Israel figures very largely in God's plans, whether or not it does in the Democrats of America, in their plans. So we'll see what happens. But I think I'm not going to go with Barack Obama on his idea of essentially canceling Israel by going back to the 1967 borders. That's something that most Democrats, not all, but most Democrats hold to those uh, to that idea. And given the opportunity, they will pull it off if they can. One of the many things that we need to be prayerful about and one of the many things that affirm to us why why we need to have a biblical worldview and stand up and let our light shine in the darkness. Wherever we are, it does, you don't have to be president of the United States. Most of us are not and won't be. We won't even be elected officials, state or federal. But we all have a, all have a sphere of influence. And we need to use that sphere of influence for truth, God's truth. Because I will tell you, this world is in a mess. And our country is in a disaster. I've been talking a lot lately about this critical race theory on... Um, Fox last night on the uh, Ingram Ingram angle, Laura Ingram, um, Senator Tom Cotton, he told her that the Senate Republicans might have to hold up defense spending to pass his bill banning the military from teaching critical race theory. After Cotton brought up the CRT ban legislation, Laura asked him, uh, she said, 
you can prevent the funding with, uh, of this with the Republican votes because plenty of Democrats don't want to give any increase in spending to the military. So if you guys hold up the funding, you're, they're suddenly going to listen. Will you do that? Cotton said to Laura Ingram. He said, that may be a step we have to take, Laura. But I wouldn't say that we can't get that passed either. Remember, the defense bill passes every year. It has passed every year for 60 years. We have an open amendment process in the committee and on the floor. I think there may be one or two Democrats who don't think that we should be teaching our troops that the most important thing about them is the color of their skin rather than their ability to help save the lives of the men and women uh, and to the right and to the left. So that is escalating as well. We'll keep an eye on that as, as you know, it unfolds. But the situation in Israel is becoming more and more um, explosive. And certainly this matter of critical race theory is an attack on the very soul of America. It's not just an issue. It is a fight for the life of America. If they are able to do what they're currently doing and continue to do this over the next year or so, in schools, in every institution, teaching this critical race theory, in all of our military uh, institutions. I talked about that uh, earlier this week on Monday. Um, it will fundamentally change America, and that's what they want to do. Barack Obama said that often. He wanted to fundamentally remake America. They hate America as it is, and I don't know for the life of me, I don't know why, because they enjoy the benefits of it. I mean, they're flying around on their own jets, Talib. She's trying to somehow garner or direct the president to go out and take care of the Palestinians. The Palestinians, if they took over this country, she wouldn't have a job. So America stands not at a crossroad, but at several crossroads. And what we do over the next matter of months, certainly in the next year or so, is going to make a lot of difference in what America ultimately becomes historically. Many of us love America. I do. I love this country, not more than God, not more than the kingdom of God. And I don't see America as the kingdom of God. Some do, but that isn't biblical. But I will tell you, I love this country. I mean, what's not to love? Visit some other third world countries and some of the more developed ones, some of the highly developed ones. And you'll know what I'm saying. I've been in all of them as a missionary, not as a tourist. And I will tell you, America, with all of its warts and flaws, is a great place. And God help us to keep it that way. As long as we're one nation under God, we've got a shot at continuing to be the nation that our founding fathers envisioned. If we forsake that idea of being one nation under God, it isn't going to be pleasant. I think the Bible is very clear on that. We should be as well. One of the, one of the things that we deal with in our lives every day in this nation, in our communities, in our circle of friends or contacts, what is true and what is not? The big lie, we've heard that said, the big lie, if you tell a lie big enough, long enough, people will believe it, and so on. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Yesterday, Dennis Prager, he wrote in an article, he said, men give birth, America was founded in 1619, and Israel is the aggressor. 
Continuing, he wrote, when you meditate for a moment on what the left expects honest and decent people to believe, you confront the world of absurdities and lies in which we live. Matt Vespa, he wrote for Town Hall, we all were gaslit on the real big lie. Molly Hemingway has announced that a new book's coming out. The major publishers would not publish it, but there's a huge demand for it. Regnery has published it. It'll be coming out in September. But in this new book, I haven't read the book, but I've, I've read some of it, some of the reviews and some of the content. She'll be telling us that the ruling class did everything in their power to make sure what happened in 2016, a Donald Trump election victory, would never happen again. And historians are now telling us that Joseph Goebbels, yeah, that guy, the Nazi propaganda chief, remember him? Hitler's favorite guy. Didn't actually coin the phrase or use the big lie device. Goebbels claimed that Winston Churchill created that because that's what the English do. We live in a confused world. It's pathetically confused. And the more we try to find the truth, the more confused it can become. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Let's talk about the truth. Yes, Jesus Christ is the truth, and he sets us free. And I'll come back to that again before we say goodbye. I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. It's vital because we have no other source of support. We don't have any advertisers. We get nothing from the things we do. We do it as a ministry, just like a church or someone else would do. And we are fully funded by the people who listen to it, who believe in what we're doing, this program. So I want to thank all of you who support this. I am aware of you, of your name. I am very connected. I look at who supports us. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. We couldn't be here without it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom, A-N-D, freedom.us. There's a lot of faith and freedoms out there today. I mention this often, but man, there I saw another new one that I hadn't seen before yesterday. It's faithandfreedom.us. You can contribute online, as many of you know, and many of you do. And in fact, more and more are doing that. Thank you so much for your support. Breger went on to say yesterday that the left demands we believe and announce that men menstruate, <laughs> give birth, and that it's in no way unfair to girls and women when biological men compete in girls and women's sports. He said, I'm quoting Dennis Breger, In tens of thousands of American schools, students are brainwashed to believe that America was not founded in 1776, but in 1619, the year the first Africans were brought to North America as indentured servants or slaves. This is the Project 1619 lie, he says. Prager continues, it is labeled a lie by most every leading historian of early American, many of whom are Democrats and liberals who supported the impeachment of former President Donald Trump. Breger said, he said, we should know this. (laughs) And he continues to lay out the facts about the current war between Israel and Hamas, describing how most of what is being reported about it is a lie. 
and that the reason the left hates Israel so much is because it is morally, Israel is morally better than its neighbors, not to mention its enemies. I wrote an article about this today at faithandfreedom.us. We write one every weekday. I would encourage you to read it because part of what I'm saying today now on the radio is in that article and there's other, and it's sourced and you can read some of these articles. You can read Prager's article. It's worth your time to read. Molly Hemingway, Molly Zingler Hemingway, she's a senior editor at The Federalist. She's a senior journalism fellow at Hillsdale College and a Fox News contributor. If you watch Fox News, you've probably seen her on uh, Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram or um, Sean Hannity, uh, the more conservative ones on Fox, not all are, but she's often a guest on that. She's written this new book that I mentioned. It's scheduled to be released in September. As I said, I've read a part of it that's been released, but I look forward to reading the entire book. But the highly sourced book, and it, it is enormously highly sourced, and I think that's what's important. But it's going to tell the story of how the political media and the corporate establishments changed election laws and procedures, reduced or eliminated oversight of ballots, manipulated the COVID-19 response, stoked the violent racial unrest, published fake news, censored accurate news, and did everything in their power to make sure that what happened in 2016, a Trump, Trump election victory, would never happen again in America. She also details what went on behind the scenes just prior to and during the election and a lot of other stuff. My point is not to promote the book. I'm going to read it when it comes out in September. But it is to highlight the confusion that we live in today. There's always confusion in the culture, but never have I seen it at the level that I see it now. Molly tweeted yesterday. She said, if questioning the results of a presidential election were a crime, as many have recently said nearly the entire Democrat Party and media establishment would be incarcerated. What's well, true? We're not even allowed to question this last election. I mean, you're looked at as like a leper in days past, like unclean, unclean. It's just unbelievable that you can't even question something now in this culture that's been created. Matt Vespa, he's a senior editor at Town Hall. That's owned by Salem Broadcasting. He said, if I hear the phrase big lie again, I'm going to lose it. Why? Well, first, he says, I don't think it's kosher for various media outlets to keep peddling the lexicon of Joseph Goebbels. Secondly, Vespa wrote yesterday, he said, the big lie was right under our noses the entire time. He said, the big lie isn't that the election was stolen by Biden and the Democrats that's the big lie. Look, unlike the Democrats in 2016, I've accepted the results. It sucks. But he said, I'll never believe that Joe Biden got 81 million people to vote for him, especially now as crisis after crisis is besieging this administration, and now he's nowhere to be found. I completely agree with Vespa. I will never believe that Joe Biden got 81 million people to vote for him. It just didn't happen no matter how much they hated Trump. No, Vespa says the big lie was the Russian collusion. He makes the case in his article yesterday that the Russian collusion myth was really at the heart of the Democrats' political win. Molly Hemingway makes that same point. I don't doubt that for a moment. I think they're both right. The Russian collusion was finally exposed, identified for what it was. It was a lie. It was a big lie. 
But by the time the Mueller report and all these other ancillary reports came in years later, they became public, the left had moved on. Truth isn't a goal. Truth isn't an objective to the left. The progressive left worldview is whatever it takes. Everything is justified to achieve the end. The end is so noble that whatever you do, lie, cheat, steal, whatever, honestly it is. Whatever you have to do to achieve your goal that you have decided is the goal is justified. The end always justifies the mean. Truth is relative, so their truth is the truth because they say it's true. Let me talk to you a little bit about Joseph Goebbels. He was the propaganda chief for the Nazis back in the day. He's the most often credited with coining the phrase, the big lie. Matt Vespa, who's a, an accomplished journalist, he said in his article yesterday, he referred to that and attributed that to Goebbels. The big lie. The big lie is the method for, that is used often to deceive millions in Germany and around the around the world. But its origin isn't as it seems. Even Wikipedia is confused. They get confused quite often, but they too are confused. They're unable to say for sure who said that, and if so, when they said it, and to whom. The German expression of that, however, is was actually coined by Adolf Hitler. Yeah, when he wrote that book from prison. Remember that book, Mein Kampf? My Struggle, 1925. He used that phrase to describe the use of a lie so colossal that no one would believe that someone could have made it up, could have distorted the truth so infamously. Hitler was blaming the Jews in his book for doing that regarding World War I. Some historians are saying, Jeffrey Herf and some others, are saying that the Nazis used the idea of the original big lie to turn sentiment against the Jews and bring about the Holocaust. Are you confused yet? <laughs> it's crazy. But that's the world we live in. Goebbels wrote in an article dated January 12, 1941, in German, but I, I got a hold of an English translation. No, I don't read or speak German. But anyway, they... Article in English is titled, Churchill's Lie Factory. So Goebbels, the guy that is often said to have said, if you tell a big enough lie often enough, um, people will believe it. He says, no, 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 I didn't say that. Winston Churchill said that, and the English leadership, because they don't depend on particular intelligence. The English, Goebbels said, depends on a remarkably stupid thick-headedness. The English follow the principle that when one lies, one should lie big and stick to it. They keep up their lies, even at the risk of looking ridiculous. No wonder Will Rogers, no wonder Will Rogers once said, if you ever inject truth into politics, you'll have no politics. I think I agree with that to a large degree. But let me talk to you for a moment about the original big lie. And if we understand the original big lie, whether it was Hitler or Goebbels or Winston Churchill, it doesn't matter. If we understand the big lie in its true inception, 
It brings clarity to all of the confusion that we live in in our world today. When Satan approached Eve with the motive to deceive, his lie was so big, he didn't have to repeat it. He just said it once. It's in Genesis 3. Has God really said you should not eat of the tree in the garden? All but one, even Eve replied, explaining to him, she said, you need to understand we can eat of all the rest, but the one, Eve told Satan, the serpent, if we eat of it, God has says we shall die. The deceiver's response said, oh, you surely will not die. The implication is God is love. He would never cause you to die just because you made one little mistake. God's word isn't totally true. I mean, it's partially true, but it's not all true. Actually, the deceiver said to Eve, he, God, is insecure because he knows that if you eat the fruit, you will be as God. Eve, probably lowering his voice, the Bible doesn't say that, but... In my mind, he probably lowered his voice and said, Eve, if you eat that fruit, you will be God. I will be God? Yes. You will be enlightened, elite, and progressive. Wow. We'll be better than all the people around us, those old conservatives or whatever. There's a concerted effort to find the truth. People, I've quoted today and others, I believe, are getting to the truth and what's happening in the culture. I wouldn't have quoted them otherwise. But it was Pilate who infamously infamously looked at Jesus himself. It's in John chapter 18. He looked at Jesus and he said, Art thou a king then? This was just before Jesus was to be executed on the cross. He said, "Are, are, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, Everyone that is of the truth. Here's my voice. Pilate then asked, looking right at Jesus, what is truth? That's the universal question of all time. After looking truth in the face, Pilate went out and told the mob outside the, outside the doors. Just moments later, he said, I find no fault in him. What he was saying is, I don't believe he is God or the Messiah yet, but I believe he's a good man. I find no fault in him. That's where we are in the world today. Not everyone curses Jesus, but they reduce him to a mere person, a good man. Jesus is not a good man. He's the son of God. He he is the word that became flesh. He was crucified on a cross. He died. He was dead. And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as he had said he would be. Jesus Christ is either God or the biggest fraud that's ever walked across the face of the earth. And to the degree that we embrace that truth, it is to that degree that we clearly begin to see what's going on in our world around us. That's why it's so important that we have a biblical worldview. Jesus himself said, those of us who know him, we hear the truth. And the truth sets us free. He is the truth. It makes sense out of what's happening in our culture. We see the decay. We see the deception. 
It's layered in our in our culture today. You can't even believe the newspaper anymore or anything else for that matter. That's why we've got to stay close to the Bible. Look at everything in life through the lens of God's word. God is in control. I'll see you right here tomorrow.